This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Daniel chapter number six. Daniel is a unique man, a unique individual. And of course, as you know, he did not live exactly in a uh, very prosperous time for, for him and his people. He had been taken into captivity. He was captive to a wicked and godless nation and government, a nation that hated God. And yet, one of the things, one of the many things that we see about Daniel is how he kept an excellent spirit. I've been challenged by that and uh, thought on it much. That's not exactly where we're going tonight, but as I think of Daniel and, and, and his life, you can't help but to think of, of his spirit, his attitude, and how he handled the things that, that went on around him through his entire life from a teen boy taken into captivity somewhere around 15 years of age taken away from his home, his family, most likely parents killed, uh, to a foreign land, trying to make him learn a new language, trying to change everything about him. And if there's one thing that we learn about Daniel is that no matter how much they tried to change him, he did not change. And that's very challenging. It was challenging in his day. It's challenging in our day. I want to read to you the first three verses. We're going to keep our Bibles open here and go through the chapter, and I just want to point out some things. But I want to preach tonight on the subject, the power of consistent faith. The power of consistent faith. Look with me in the first three verses of chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So this comes after this handwriting on the wall with Belshazzar. Belshazzar's executed, and Darius, uh, the Mede, comes to uh, lead and to be the king, if you will, over not only his people, but over the empire of the Babylonians. And he builds a relationship with Daniel, and we'll see that through the text but things that we'll see about Daniel point to his consistency. For instance, look with me in verse number 4. About halfway down, it says he was faithful. Look in verse number 10 about his praying three times a day as he did a four-time at the end of that verse. At the end of verse 13, three times a day, and it was known of the people that he worked with. 
Look in verse 16. It talks about thy God whom thou servest continually. Continually. Verse number 20 at the end of it. Whom thou servest continually. And so here is a man now in his 80s, and he has served the Lord faithfully. And though they've tried to change him, and though leadership's, leadership has changed, and though um, governmental powers have changed, Daniel stayed consistent. And there's power in a consistent life. There's power in consistent faith. Will you pray with me one more time, please? Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for the example that you give us all through the Scripture and tonight uh, concerning Daniel. And I pray that you'd use the message tonight from your word to speak to our hearts and that you would challenge us in our walk with you, our daily lives as we strive to serve you, and that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I ran across a story some time ago about a man named Craig Davison. He's 66 years old right now. He's a very consistent man. He's from Phoenix, Arizona, and he began running in 1978, running every day in 1978. As a matter of fact, he hadn't missed a single day since 1978 until this past April 8th, 2020. Since 1978, he gets up, he runs every single day, and his streak was only ended during this COVID season, and it wasn't even because of COVID, but because of a kidney uh, problem that he was having, and it ended on April the 8th. That's 15,130 days. That's 41.42 years every day running. Whether it's in a marathon, whether it's in his own hometown, or wherever he's traveling, he calculated that he'd logged in over 200,000 miles of running. That's eight laps around the world. Every day, over 15,000 days. He's number eight in the world. Unless you think he was number one. I think he should be number one, but there's seven other guys who have a greater streak. But he's number eight in the world for the longest streak of 41.42 years. And it's certainly a testament to consistency by itself. But what he's done while he's been traveling and running uh, all of those miles is pretty impressive too. So while running, Davison keeps his eyes open for loose change. Coins everywhere he runs, and, and, and they're all over the place. If, if you, you know, see him in the parking lot, pennies lying on the ground, and, and he doesn't pass a single penny, and his consistent vigilant, his cer vigilance has certainly paid off. Over the years, he's collected $10,170. He used a part of that to take his wife on a second honeymoon to Hawaii. Can you imagine all those nickels and dimes and pennies? But like I said, his streak ended on April the 8th, 2020. He was in the hospital. Five days later, he started a new streak. April 13th, he started running again, and he hasn't missed a day since April 13th last year. This man is consistent. And we see the same consistent drive in our text and in the life of Daniel, and of course, we're not going to be able to go over the entire life of Daniel, but I do want to give, just to review some things before I jump into the message. The first time we meet Daniel is when he's a young teenage boy. He had been taken captive to Babylon, 
But even then, he faithfully served the Lord and took his stand for what was right. We can honor Daniel and look to him, and young men can look to him as an example. We meet him again a few years later in chapter number 2, when as a young man, he's called upon to interpret a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. And again, we simply see him serving the Lord and being faithful. He shows up again in chapter 4 as a middle-aged man now, who again is called upon to interpret another dream for the troubled king. And once again, David is found just simply rolling along, being faithful, doing what he's always done, trusting God and having faith in Him. And then again in chapter number 5, he's standing for God, he's being faithful. And then in our text this evening, uh, again, Daniel comes into view, and he's a man now in his 80s. He's been in Babylon for about 70 years. but He's not veered off course. He's not quit what he believed when he was a youngster. He's still faithfully serving God, the God who saved him by His grace. And something interesting about Daniel is that Daniel never made a big splash in Babylon. He never preached a revival. He was promoted through the ranks of government and arrived at the position of prime minister, even while the Jews were still in captivity. But you don't see any major revivals taking place in, under the kingdom of Babylon or the empire of the Medes and Persians. After all of those years of being influenced by God's people, Babylon is unchanged. Babylon is still wicked. The rulers, haven't, uh, the rulers have changed, but they're still idol worshipers. They're still cruel. They're still wicked. There's been no great moves of God as we know it. No great revivals in Babylon while Daniel was there. And it seems that all the faithfulness of Daniel, all it did was draw the jealousy of those he worked with. It drew hatred of the ungodly. There was a plot against his life. There was a death sentence in a lion's den. But through it all, Daniel continued faithfully. He remained faithful in spite of the changes going on around him. So what we can learn from Daniel in chapter number 6 teaches us that it is consistent faith that pays off. It's consistency in your service. It's consistency in your walk. It's consistency in believing God. There's a power, there's an influence in consistent faith. And I want to give you just three thoughts this evening concerning consistent faith. First of all, if you're making notes, write down number one, your consistent faith will be tested. It will indeed be tested. And 2 Timothy 3.12 reminds us of that. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Those who decide to be sold out for God and to live for the Lord and to give their lives to Jesus Christ at some point and at some level, you're going to suffer persecution. There's going to be testings that come your way. But when a believer is tested, we understand from the Scriptures that the believer is conformed. In other words, God has a great purpose for using that testing. We read in verses 1 through 3 again that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these, three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes 
because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. And so we understand that Daniel was already in a good position. Daniel was at the close of his life. Daniel had already seen a lot of blessings as far as his position and the opportunities that he is given. Daniel is already a great man. We see that testified. If you would, turn back to chapter 5 and look with me in verses 11 and 12. When Belshazzar is trying to find out the interpretation of the handwriting on the wall, the queen comes and says to the king in verse 11, There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. And so we understand that Daniel was already a great man, but God wanted to continue to develop Daniel even further. He's in the, the last years of his life, but we're reminded that no matter how much we have already come through, the Lord is never finished in this life with fashioning us after the image of Christ. Our trials and the tests that we see uh, are never meant to destroy us, only to grow us. Romans 8.28 reminds us, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Jeremiah reminds us, God reminds us through Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And so when the believer is tested, the whole purpose behind it is to be conformed to the image of Christ. God wants to use it in our lives. And it doesn't stop. We go through life and we, we wish that sometimes that they would all go away and we go through the, the toughest battle of our lives that we've ever gone through and we think, you know what? I think, I think it's going to end with this. I think it's, it's going to stop. The testing's going to go away. But then you realize it never does because God is constantly, consistently, day after day, moment after moment, uh, problem after problem, test after test, trying to form Christ in you and me. And so the believer is conformed, but when you're tested, not only is the believer conformed, but the unbeliever is convicted. The unbeliever is convicted. Look at verses 4 through 9 with me. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault. So they tried to use the law of the Medes and Persians and, and couldn't find anything that he had done wrong. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. But you know what's about to happen. There's jealousy there's resentment. They see Daniel. They know he has something that they do not. And people have a choice to respond to conviction in a couple of ways. They become curious or they fight against it. And these chose to fight against what they were seeing. And we understand that Daniel was about to get canceled, wasn't he? 
Verse 5, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So what are they going to do? They're going to, to make the laws, uh, they're going to make laws that make the laws of his God illegal. Well, wait a minute, we see the same thing beginning to happen here in our own government. But Daniel just stayed faithful. Daniel just continued. We'll see that. Verse number 6, Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto, unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom. Wait a minute, they forgot one. They forgot the, the main one, the prime minister. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. You see what they were doing there in verse number 7? They were making a minority number to appear to be a majority. Isn't it amazing how loud the minority, how much noise the minority of people who are against God and against His Word, how much noise they can make and how, a following, how much of a following they can have. And the decree was, you can't pray. What am I going to do and what are you going to do when people tell us, when government tells us perhaps, that we can't pray in public? Verse 8, Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. We have no idea why he did it. Maybe he didn't pay much attention to it. Maybe it was in an effort to unite the, the, the Babylonian part of the, of the empire with the Persian empire. I'm not sure, but nonetheless, he signed the decree. And see, when a believer is tested, the believer is conformed, but the unbeliever is convicted. These men that we read about, they were bothered by Daniel's faith. They knew that he possessed something that they didn't have. And as the world watches a believer walk through the den of lions, they can see, a see uh, that his faith works. I remember when I was in high school, I, I wasn't saved. I was out of high school, graduated before I trusted Christ I'd heard the gospel. The gospel had been presented to me on, on a few occasions, and, and I chose not to put my faith in Christ. I didn't get saved until I was almost 19. But I remember in school, in public school, I remember there was a handful of my peers and of my classmates who I knew were really Christians. There were a lot of people who talked about it, but then they would hang out with me and the like. But then there were those who I knew it was real. Amy Robertson, Amy Rollins, Jeff Boggs, who is a chief or a captain here in, the, uh, in Hickory uh, at, at the fire department. Um, there were a handful of people that I went to school with that when I saw their walk and when I saw their faith and when I saw them getting picked on, when I saw them getting persecuted because they were living for Christ, when I saw them, I knew, even though I might have been a part of some of that, 
I knew that the life that they said they lived was consistent with what they were doing. The life that they live and what they spoke was consistent, and it made an impact on me. And so when I trusted Christ as Savior at 19 years old, or almost 19, one of the first things I did was to call them up and try to get in touch with them and let them know I got saved. One of them didn't wait. One of them heard and came to my house and knocked on my door. His name is Kevin Chapman. And he was a year under me. We had nothing really to do with one another. But he came to my door and he said, I heard you got saved. And I said, yeah, I got saved. Can you believe that? And he said, no, but I'm glad you got saved. And he said to me, I prayed for you your entire senior year. I knew that young man believed what he said. And he made a difference in my life because he stood for Christ when the pressure was on. I want you to understand the Bible commands us, the Lord tells us to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The only way that I saw the real and true living God is when I saw it through my peers in school and then in my brother who got saved two years before me. Well, that turned out a little different because when my brother got saved, everything changed for him. I knew it was real and I didn't like it. And we almost went to blows fighting. It was crazy. But you know why I felt that way? Because I was convicted in my heart by the Holy Spirit of God that what my brother got was real and that what my peers had was real. And it made an impact. Young people, listen to me and all of us. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. You do not know the impact that you're making in the lives of the unsaved or those who know Christ but are not in fellowship with Him. So don't think for a minute and don't let the accuser of the brethren make you think for one moment that people don't notice your consistent faith. They notice it. They see it. They're convicted by it. I want to tell you, if you're going to live the consistent faith life, it will be tested. I want you to see this also. Number two, it will testify. It will testify. Sometimes the testimony of faith under trial is louder than the testimony of words. Notice with me in verse number 10 that it testifies to its focus. Verse number 10 shows us, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, what's his response going to be? When he knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. You know what Daniel did when the decree came down? Daniel just kept on being faithful. 
He just kept doing what he had always done and God had been good to him to that point and he was trusting that God was going to continue to be good to him after that point. He didn't know what would happen. I imagine he had the thought of fear from time to time, maybe a little bit of anxiety, but when he got on his knees with his face pointed toward Jerusalem and looking into the heavens through his spiritual eyes, he saw the power and the might and the love of Almighty God and it took away all of that anxiety that was caused by the law. He prayed as usual. It wasn't in rebellion to the king. It was uh, in obedience to the greater command. And it testified to its focus. You see, Daniel stayed the course for God knowing that he had no one to please but God alone. Well, that's a great and wonderful and victorious day when a believer gets to that point. We're not here to impress one another. We don't have to impress one another. And it doesn't matter if we impress one another. It's all vain. What matters is are we pleasing God? When a person walks faithfully with the Lord in spite of the problems and in spite of the temptations that surround him, he makes a very bold statement about where the focus in his life really is. The believer who practices a consistent faith doesn't try to live to please everyone. His main objective is to please God. You know what? It's amazing how God has a way of working all that out when you just decide to do right. Our job is simple. Do right, God takes care of the rest. Maybe that's a little oversimplified, but it might help us if we got to the place where we understood all I need to do is take care of my relationship with God and God can take care of all the rest. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things that we worry about and have anxiety over and we fear all of these things, He'll take care of it. It will testify to its focus, but it also testifies to its foes. Look in verses 13. I'm I'm sorry, verses 11 through 13. It testifies to its foes. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. I've often wondered when I've read that if, if, if uh, if I can be convicted like Daniel in the consistency of my prayer life, by those who would say that it's against the law to pray. I wonder if anybody would even know to look for me praying. But they knew Daniel prayed. They knew Daniel prayed every day. They knew Daniel prayed three times a day. The king says, hey, where's Daniel at? Uh, He's praying. They knew where he was. Verse 12, then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel... (laughs) That Daniel, that crazy Christian, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, 
regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. You see, the foes knew that he was faithful. And so great was Daniel's reputation for spiritual commitment that even his enemies knew he would obey God rather than bow to the king's law. You see, your consistent faith will testify. It testifies to its focus. It testifies to its foes. Daniel didn't alter his ways even to appease the king. He remained consistent in spite of the danger, in spite of the pressure to conform and even at the command of the king. But it also testifies to its friends. Consistent faith testifies to its friends. Look at verses 14 through 20. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. He was frustrated and upset with himself that he had allowed this to happen because he knew Daniel was a good man. He was sort of displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, did everything that he could to try to find a loophole, if you will, in the law that he had just decreed. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded. They brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. In other words, he's saying, may your God that you serve continually deliver you. We don't believe that Darius was a a man of faith. He may have been, but he says, what's so amazing is he understood the consistency of Daniel's walk with his God. Verse 17, And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord's, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. I don't know if he was fasting and asking and perhaps praying to, to Daniel's God, to his false God, or if he just couldn't eat because he was so upset about it. But he was fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, wouldn't you like when people call your name to be able to add that to the end of it? O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? We see that his consistent faith testifies to his friends, and Darius was a friend. Daniel's faith had made an impact on the king. Even he believed the Lord could get Daniel through the trial. When faith is exercised faithfully and consistently, it has the power, it has the influence to move those who know us to consider the Lord for themselves. It will testify. And lastly, it will triumph. Consistent faith 
will triumph. You see, Daniel's faith in God gave him the victory, and it'll do the same for you and I as we walk by faith and not by sight. It gives us triumph over adversity. Verses 21 through 23. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. No weapon formed against him prospered. Do you know what? That same principle is applied to God's people today as well. You and I can have victory and triumph over adversity. Daniel's faith in God allowed him to be delivered from the den of lions. His consistent faith carried him through the trial. And I want you to be reminded tonight that faith can still part your sea. Faith can still fill your barrel. Faith can still walk on your storm. Faith can still give you bread and manna and, and, and give you fishes. It can still fill your need and multiply the things that you need. Faith still guarantees the victory for the child of God. First John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We triumph over adversity. Consistent faith triumphs over the adversary. Look at verse 24. The ones who made this silly law, the ones who hated Daniel, the ones that didn't respond to the influence and power of God in Daniel's life. Verse 24, the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. They cast them in uh, into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Not only do we triumph over adversity, but we also triumph over the adversary. Daniel saw every adversary defeated without throwing a punch, without speaking an ill word, without going behind closed doors and criticizing. He trusted God and he triumphed over the adversaries. One day, you and I, God's children, born of the uh, blood of Jesus Christ, will see all of our true enemies, the enemies that tried to hinder our faith, the enemies that tried to keep us away from our relationship with God, they'll fall away one by one. I'm not talking about people. They're just tools. I'm talking about our flesh. I'm talking about this world. I'm talking about the devil. Oh, because one day the enemy of my flesh is going to be gone forever. I'll never, ever have to worry about disappointing my Savior again. 
I'll never ever have to repent of sin once this old flesh is gone, once the sin curse is done. When I leave this body and when you leave this body and enter into the presence of God, this flesh will have no more influence in my life. And the flesh is my worst enemy. But we have other enemies, the world, its ways, its pressure. The Bible commands us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. This world has constant pressure on the believer who is trying to live. But listen, when Jesus comes and he sets up his kingdom, the, the, worldly, uh, the, the, the worldly influence will be gone forever. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. The flesh, the world, oh, and oh, the devil. The one who orchestrates it all and appeals to our flesh using the world to try to get us to stumble and fall or to keep us blinded from the light of the gospel. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. What a wonderful day that it's going to be when all of our enemies are put away and the only way that it ever happens is by faith in Jesus Christ. And oh, that faith gives us triumph over adversity, over the adversary, and ultimately over all. Look at verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto how many people? All people. It's implied all nations and all languages that dwell in all the earth. Here's what he said. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of who? The God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth. And he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Folks, because of Daniel's consistent faith, God was made known to all the known world. And Daniel wasn't a preacher. Daniel never held a revival. He never held a campaign. He never tried to have a, a coup and take over. He was in bondage, taken from his home. But he had a consistent faith in the true and the living God. He was faithful. And all the known world got to hear about Daniel's God. I don't know about you, but, and I'm not asking to be thrown into a den of lions, but I certainly would love for the Lord to use my life, and I imagine you want God to use your life, that others may know the God of the Bible that we serve and that we worship.
What does it take? A winsome personality? Fame and a lot of money? What does it take? It takes consistent, day after day, walking with God, being faithful to doing right. Consistency pays off, but when we neglect it, or but we often neglect it, excuse me, consistency pays off, but we often neglect it because the dividends come in slower than we desire. Like Craig Davison, we'd all like to find $10,000, wouldn't we? But do you want to run 200,000 miles to get it? And whether it's finances, whether it's your relationships with people, whether it's spiritual maturity, whether it's physical uh, health, whether it's your personal witness for Christ, and the list could go on and on. Consistency is the best route to take. Consistency. And by the way, if you've gotten knocked off your streak, all you got to do is choose to decide it today. Davison got knocked off his streak of 41.42 years, but after he got out of the hospital, he started another one. Maybe you've lost your streak. Maybe you've not been as faithful as you should to reading His Word, to spending time in prayer. Uh, maybe you haven't been as faithful to the house of God. Maybe you've not been as faithful to stand for Christ when His name is mocked in the crowd. To speak up for Him. Maybe you've not been consistent in holy living. Separation unto God and separation away from the world. But if you've gotten knocked off your streak, then like Davison, start another streak and start tonight and determine tonight is day one and tomorrow is day two and the next day is day three. Listen, folks, we need some Daniels in our day. We need some Daniels in our day. We need the 15-year-old Daniels. And we need the middle-aged Daniel. And we also need the 80-year-old Daniel in this day. Listen, you think of all the, 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 the silver-haired saints in this room. Many of them have been in this church 30, 40, 50 years. Some of them were in their middle, uh, middle age when they came here. Some were in their 20s when they came. You know why they're still here? You know why they still love God? You know why they still read the same Bible? You know why they still sing the old songs of Zion? You know why they're still here? And we look to them as wonderful examples because they simply, it wasn't a revival across the way. It wasn't a personality. They were just here Sunday morning and here Sunday night and here Wednesday night and here for visitation. They were faithful to do the work of God all the days of their lives. And we look at them at heroes and we should. But who are going to be the next one for these kids? We need some 20-year-olds and some young adults and some young families to decide, I'm going to stop playing around with the world and with Christianity and I'm going to get all the way in. I'm going to decide to be consistent in my faith. When I fall, I'm going to get back up. When I fail, I'm going to try again, but I'm going to keep going. And that's what God's people need to decide. There needs to be some young people that decide you're going to be consistent Maybe there's some older folks that's relaxed a little bit 
God's working in your heart. You know you need to be consistent. Because this world needs some men and women of faith who will simply make up their minds to just be consistent, to just be faithful. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. When we stand before God, he's not going to say, well done, thou good and exuberant servant or talented servant. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There's a lot of things I can't do, but I can be faithful. I can choose to be faithful. By the grace of God, I can be faithful. And Daniel made a difference, not necessarily because he was trying to make a difference. He made a difference because he was faithful to do right day after day after day for the glory of his God. And you and I can't do a lot of things, but we can be faithful. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.